Hello, everyone. Welcome to the sick podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on this planet in the whole universe. Episode eight, going to be doing a bit of Giants 49ers week three breakdown. The offensive line gave us some major concerns, did not look good at all. I was very wrong about Micah McFadden. Then we're going to get into a little bit of Giants Seahawks week four preview. Hit it, Sammy. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. Giants Central. Incomplete! And the ball game's over! And the Giants have won Super Bowl 46! The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, Joe, we're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets, throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner, and boy, DraftKings is not stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is a lot more fun when you're in the action. Let's be real here. So download the app now and sign up with code 6sports. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code 6sports. The crown is yours. But now into some Giants 49ers breakdown. I'm going to start. I'm going to take the glasses off here because I need to uh, I need to uh, formally apologize to Mr. Micah McFadden, you all know I'm Giants linebacker, fifth round pick from last year. I was wrong. I was very wrong about Micah McFadden, and I'm the kind of person I like being wrong a lot when it comes to football. I am very okay with being wrong when I'm like, I don't want to say hating, but like last year I was very hard on Micah, or last year, well, last year too. Last week I was very hard on Micah McFadden, had a very rough game against the Cardinals, Against the Niners, though, he was he was kind of that guy. Had 10 combined tackles, four tackles for loss, flying all over the field, showing instincts that, quite frankly, I haven't seen out of him yet. Even in the good game, the solid game he had against the Cowboys in week one, he was still making a lot of mistakes and was really late getting to the run. This time, though, he looked great. PFF strongly disagrees with me. They gave him really bad grades for some reason, and I personally couldn't disagree with it more. I think he was by far and away the best player in the Giants defense, which... I'll get into it, but is not saying much. I'll I'll say that. Um, so shout out to him. I was wrong, Micah. You're definitely not listening, but if you are, I'm sorry. And continue to play well because the Giants really need someone at linebacker alongside Bobby O'Karaki. But getting into more of the offense because that's been a pretty big problem this year. I'm going to talk about the offensive line. It's my weekly thing. You guys know I'm an offensive line guy. They were really bad. <laughs> no way around it. The offensive line was horrific. Like I believe I, I'm probably wrong, but they they've have allowed well over 50 pressures three weeks into the season. Really bad. This week though was especially a problem. Even the guys that like we kind of expect to play well were just not, if we're gonna be honest here. Like for example, Josh Zudu has had a very good couple of games, allowed four pressures, had a uh, PFF pass blocking grade of eleven point seven, run block of four point seven didn't look good. I mean, the Niners have an elite defensive line, an elite pass rush, and Josh Izudu is a second round, third round, or is a second year, third round pick coming off a pretty rough rookie season. So I'm not, I'm not really expecting too much out of him, but something, 
that really did upset me that I was not happy about. And I, for probably the first time since I've since he's been our head coach, I'm pretty upset with Brian Dable starting Shane Lemieux. Shane Lemieux has been to the Giants since I believe 2019, 2020-ish. And in those years, he has shown absolutely nothing. This is, again, like I'm going to sound like I'm hating on a player, which I hate doing, and I hope Shane Lemieux proves me wrong like uh, uh, Micah McFadden did. But in three or four years now, Shane Lemieux has shown nothing. He has been given way more opportunities than he should, given so many chances to start. And whether it's through injury, his awful play on the field, he has shown nothing. And I kind of was hoping that giving him a chance would be over because I believe he was a healthy scratch in week one, and it wasn't, and they started him. I understand Mark Luminsky isn't very good. He's been a problem for the Giants. But I cannot look at Shane Lemieux and Mark Lewinsky and come away with Shane Lemieux being the, the, the better guy here. I saw, I made a couple tweets about him. People were like, oh, he's more versatile. Like, I don't care if he's more versatile, if he's, if he's not good at the game of football. Being versatile is cool, but so is being a, an NFL caliber player. And Mark Lewinsky isn't good by any means, but he's definitely an NFL caliber player compared to Shane Lemieux. But that's a little tangent I'll go on. I, I was not happy at all. And the fact that they also didn't bench him throughout the game, despite how horrible he was, really just irked me. Uh, out of the rest of the offensive line, another major disagreement I have with uh, PFF is uh, John Michael Schmitz. He, I thought he was by far and away the best offensive lineman in the Giants on Thursday. He looked like it made some really nice plays in the pass and in the run but they gave him a pass blocking grade of 22 and a run blocking grade of 37, despite only allowing two pressures and I'll get into it, but there were some players who had a much higher pass blocking grade, but allowed way more pressures and looked way worse. So like, I really just don't understand the thought process there. Um, oh, by the way, Shane Lemieux allowed four pressures in a sack. So technically five pressures, but we'll get into that. Uh, Marcus McKeithen pass blocking grade of 3.9 run block of 43.9 three pressures allowed. He didn't, he looked like I would expect a sixth round pick, fifth round pick coming off a torn ACL to look. I wasn't very moved by his uh, performance against the Cardinals. He played well, but I mean, the Cardinals don't have a really outstanding defensive line compared to that of the uh, 49ers. So again, not the most surprising thing in the world. Evan Neal, on the other hand, I, uh, he, he might be a cooked product in year two. I will. I, I I don't understand how PFF gave him a higher pass blocking grade than John Michael Schmitz, like at all. It's not a good grade. It's a it's a forty eight point two, but I don't get how they gave him the highest pass blocking grade on the team. He only he quote unquote only allowed three pressures, but I was watching a film, and I don't think that there might there was like a single rep where I came away with Evan Neal beating Nick Bosa. Like Nick Bosa was just killing him all night, regardless of if he was getting to the quarterback or not which is to be expected. Evan Neal's a second-year right tackle who struggled a lot, and Nick Bosa's a reigning defensive player of the year. But uh, something I did notice this game out of Evan Neal, which was a problem, and how Bosa was just you know beating him every uh, rep, a lot of the times when Evan Neal, and this is just in general with him, when he loses his initial step off the line, he tends to kind of lean his body forward, like way too forward, and he just immediately loses all balance because he already has issues of balance coming from the left to the right side. And he still hasn't adjusted to that. Thanks, Bobby Johnson. Um, and like all night, he would just keep throwing his arms forward, head down and repeatedly miss. And again, I went in a whole tirade about Bobby Johnson uh, two episodes ago, I believe. 
How is that allowed to happen? How does Bobby Johnson watch this film and not coach Evan Neal at like at all? And like I said, Bob, Bobby Johnson two weeks ago was saying something like, oh, I don't treat Evan differently than anyone on the team. Like, And that's what you're going to get when you don't treat your seventh overall pick who's playing a new position differently than anyone else. That's a that's a result you're going to get. That's a that's a huge coaching issue. And I'm getting very tired of it. But I will say bad, just terrible offensive line play through the season. I I feel like every year it just keeps getting worse and worse, despite all the investments the Giants have made over the years. But hopefully they did work out Justin Pugh prior to the game. Former Giant, I believe, like 13th, 14th ish overall in 2013, 2014 was very good, very solid for the Giants. Has been one of the more like consistently solid offensive guards in the NFL. Has position, has experience playing, I think, every position really in on the line except for center. And the Giants obviously don't need a center. So if they were were to sign him, it would probably be very good for the team. I, I don't know if they're going to, though, just because it happened before the game. And there's been no word of it since, really. And he's coming off a torn ACL. I believe he's like 33, 34. I'm definitely over-exaggerating his age. I'm not not entirely sure. But still, it would be nice to see them. If not Justin Pugh, then someone else. Like I, If he hasn't retired, I believe Ben Jones is still a free agent. I know he played center, but I, shifting him to guard might be a better investment than like a Marcus McKeithen right now. Uh, hopefully, though, the Giants will have Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredesen back. Uh, for next week, Ben Bredesen should be back. Concussion protocol. If the Giants played on yesterday as opposed to Thursday, there's probably an okay chance he would have played. Just a short schedule kind of uh, screwed him over. Hopefully they'll be back. They need them back, to be honest. But honestly, the offense in general has been really bad. Like the offensive line's a problem. Don't get me wrong. It's not. I won't say it's the reason that the, the Giants' offense has been bad, but it's a, a big problem. The play calling for me has been really weird for Mike Kafka. I do understand that the Giants don't have the offensive line to really set up Daniel Jones to like have time in the pocket for a deep shot, but I'm just so tired of seeing like four-yard hitch routes to Paris Campbell. Like it just feels like I'm watching Jason Garrett call plays again and I you all know how much I hate Jason Garrett. And I'm just I'm getting I'm getting tired of it. Like we have so much offensive firepower. And we're not using it like Jalen Hyatt, I think only played like 13 snaps. He played less snaps in week three than he did in week two. And in week two, he was a big reason as to why the Giants were able to come back and win that game against the Cardinals. Two massive catches that kept them alive. And then they reward him by playing him even less. I I truly don't understand that. I get they might not want to use him in the short game, which obviously that's all the Giants were trying to do against the Niners, which is just not a smart strategy, in my opinion. Because the Niners are a very smart team in that in the fact that they know like what the Giants game plan is and they knew and they were literally making fun of the Giants after the fact of the game for going short every play, which is just really annoying. But I digress. I both both the coordinators have been extremely disappointing to me. Uh Wink Martindale did draw up some very good plays against the Niners. I will say that really kept the pressure on Brock Purdy, made him have to make some very difficult throws and tough decisions. Giants should have had definitely had a couple interceptions that they just weren't able to bring down. But there were just a couple things that I really didn't understand. Again, continuing to drop Kayvon Thibodeau back into pass coverage, especially on a third down, I think like in the third quarter where he ended up, it was a terrible, terrible call, but he did end up getting like a uh, holding or something on a receiver. 
bad call. I'll say that it was within five yards and it was very obvious that it was within five yards, but the ref still called it. But again, Kayvon shouldn't be in that position anyways, because on third down, he should be rushing the, rushing the passer. Leave your linebackers to cover the middle, you know, but Overall, my problem with Wink is more of the defense just doesn't look prepared week in and week out. The tackling has been terrible. They they missed 16 tackles against the 49ers. 16. That is like really bad. Because last year, like it, it really felt like the Giants were one of the better tackling teams. Maybe I'm misremembering things, but it always feels like the Giants are like consistently really good at tackling. Like it's not something we get beat on. This game, though, we essentially lost because of our the the defense's inability to tackle and then you have xavier mckinney who in an interview today goes oh well missing tackles isn't why we've lost two games like maybe not against the cowboys but if y'all were able to tackle the niners on that third and 15 or that other third and long or the countless amount of times that even xavier mckinney himself couldn't tackle anyone it certainly would have been a better game than it was the, the niners definitely would have scored less not saying the Giants would have won, but like having that kind of attitude from a team captain is not something I like to see. Take more accountability for yourself. Like, especially McKinney, because he looked really bad against the Niners. He did make a couple of nice plays early on, a couple of big hits, especially on Debo Samuel. But like after that, struggled in coverage, like literally got dragged 10 yards by George Kittle on what should have been an easy tackle, was just getting burnt all game which sucks because McKinney has been one of the more consistent guys in the Giants defense, especially in coverage. And it's just was failing to do even the simplest of things. And it really just irked me. Um, another guy who's been really disappointing this season. Y'all know Kayvon Thibodeau just, he got his first sack. Congrats to him for getting his first sack of the season. But literally after that, I don't think he did anything. I think he might've had like three tackles and, uh, and like one more pressure, but just, not what the production you want out of a fit. Yeah. Fifth overall pick. I always mix him and Evan Neal up. Like even like when he, he, he had a lot of plays where it's like, are you even trying right now? And I hate to be that guy. Cause I went on my, on my whole thing about giants fans and why they really make me angry sometimes. But like there were just a lot of lack of effort. And that really bothers me. Cause it's like, dude, we drafted you fifth overall. And I was defending him. You go out and you, I'm not going to say trash the fans, but you're, you're basically saying, I don't care what you think as you should pop off. But, and then you come out, you put little effort on plays where the ball is not going into your direction. You still haven't developed any pass rush moves. You're still trying to run around or bull rush. And it's like, come on, man. And it just sucks. Cause like, I want Kayvon Thibodeau to be great, but you can't come out and say something like that. And then just keep throwing up stinkers of games. You, you, you can't. Regardless of whether or not I agree with you, that's just how it is. But in other news of the Giants offense, Saquon Barkley missed last week's game due to a sprained ankle. Originally, they believed it was just a basic sprain. Now they're saying it might be a high sprain and he could be out for three to four weeks. And with that being in mind, a lot of Giants fans have been uh, suggesting uh, trading and or signing for a running back. And I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe like, I, I, I he's not very good at football anymore, but like a Leonard Fournette, if he's available, uh, I think Kenyon Drake is still on a team, but like if Kenyon Drake still is available, I would love a guy like that trade market. I've seen a lot of talk about James Connor for some reason. I think he's making a decent amount of money to the point where I wouldn't really want that contract unless it's like a one year or two year, which I probably should have researched that before, but whatever. Um, I'd say if he's going to be out four or more weeks, bring someone in. 
Matt Bray is a cool backup running back. Eric Ray is a cool fifth round pick. I really liked what I saw out of Gary Brightwell last game. He's a guy I've always been a fan of since the Giants drafted him. I, he's very versatile on special teams and as a running back. Made some really nice plays against the Niners, and I hope he gets more snaps. I honestly wouldn't mind seeing him taking over the majority of the snaps in the backfield against the Seahawks, which I'll get into in a bit. But again, I, I'd consider bringing someone in. You do have three backs you know, behind Saquon, but none of them are really like that caliber of where you can consistently trust them to make big plays. Uh, uh, another thing that I found really funny was at the end of the game, Darren Waller didn't have a good game. I, I'll say that. I didn't really want to talk about it, but he did not have a good game at all. I will say the one drop, quote unquote drop, that everyone's talking about is like really overblown. It was more of a bad throw by Daniel Jones, but he did struggle to bring down some pretty easy passes, especially in the fourth quarter. When Daniel Jones threw the ball right into his gut, popped up, picked off by, I hate that I have to keep having to say his name because I never know how to pronounce it. Uh, the Niner safety, Huafanga. God, I hate that I keep saying it wrong because I feel so bad. But um, literally just in his hands, popped up, picked. And that would be Daniel Jones has four interceptions on the season. Three of them now have been off the hands of receivers. One from Saquon in week one, another from Saquon in week two, and then Darren Waller right there in week three. He only had five interceptions last year, and now he has four already, which on paper isn't a good look, but it doesn't take, like, you don't have to watch much of the games to know that, like, it's not his fault. I hate I hate saying that because I, 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 you know, quarterbacks need to be held accountable, and I'm probably going to do a pretty long episode one day where I kind of break down Daniel Jones, especially if he keeps playing, like, not to the level I want him to, of, like, the throws he's missing, what he needs to be doing better, because he's been missing a lot of plays. The the offensive line hasn't been helping, but there have been a lot of plays set up for him to make, and he just hasn't been, like straight up. Um, more things offensively. Uh, Paris Campbell, I'm not. I'm starting to not become a fan of him. Had a really bad drop against the Cardinals. Had another drop, two drops against the Cardinals. I don't know if PFF or any other site registered them as drops, but like hit him in the hands, dropped him. Has been a non-factor in week one and two then has it like a ton of catches against the Niners, but like literally can't do anything with the ball in his hands, which isn't the role he should be. And I'll I'll say that right now. I wouldn't mind giving Paris Campbell less snaps because he should be used more as a deep threat than using him like on hitch routes and on underneath and end arounds and stuff like that. He's not a yards after catch guy. And if he is, it's after he's caught the ball 40 yards down the field and the cornerback is trailing him. Like that's the only time where he's going to get a ton of yards after the catch. Um, Darius Lane's kind of in the same book, except I keep giving him snaps because he's proven that he can be a consistent, like short yards guy. But again, like not a good yard as yards after catch. And then the giants do have a good yards after catch guy. Sterling Shepard's proven that he can be a good yards after catch guy uh, in his career. Obviously a lot of bad injuries and he hasn't really seen the field often, but I wouldn't mind giving him the ball more. Wandell Robinson had a couple nice plays for his first game and, not a year, but like 10 months-ish. I think he tore his ACL in November. I believe it was against the Jaguars, maybe. Um, Jalen Hyatt can make some nice plays with the ball in his hands, especially just outrunning opposing defenders. And it's just... the the But the problem is, is that the plays that the Giants have been running aren't setting anyone up to make those kinds of plays. They're catching the ball five yards out with the defender on their back. Like, they're, they're, they're not getting any space in the open field. They're not... The play calling has not been good. That, that's all I'll say. 
when Brian Dable took, I, he took, let's be real here, everyone. Brian Dable took over the play calling in the second half of the Cardinals game. It's very obvious he did. I don't care what anyone in that team says. We all know he did. When Brian Dable took over the play calling, that's when things looked the best. He's not going to, he's not going to take it over, but man, I really hope he does. But kind of recap 49ers game. I said it in the, in the short that came out right after the game ended a very annoying loss, but an expected one. The Giants had several opportunities to make it closer than it should have been or even to win the game in general, and they did not. And a lot of that goes to the offensive line. A lot of it goes to missed tackles. It was a very poor team effort. I did like the accountability that guys like Daniel Jones gave had after the game, but like stuff like what Xavier McKinney said today, I really don't like that. Like, sure, on paper, missing tackles isn't what lost him the game, but when you're giving up third and 15s because no one can bring someone down, that's going to lose you a game. Like, simple as that. That's all I'll say. Uh, going to talk a little bit about Giants Seahawks for this week. Uh, this is probably the first, like, must-win game of the season. The Cardinals, I guess you could call that just because, you know, get blown out 40 nothing, playing a bad team. Shout out the Cardinals, by the way, for beating the Cowboys. Let's go. Um, the Giants have really struggled against the top teams in the league, the Niners, the Cowboys. They have to take down a team like the Nine or a team like the Seahawks. They're not that top echelon, and they're also not trash. They're that mediocre level of teams that's probably gonna win anywhere from eight to nine, like eight or nine games. Beat them. Like this is a game you have to win if you want to be in the wild card. Start the season off two and two and just coast from there it's a very tough schedule compared to last season which really aggravates me because it was nice to make the playoffs not coast to the playoffs but like go into games like yeah we can win this no doubt you know and now we have this this season where it's just every other week it's like wow we really have to play this team like i'm not excited to play the bills i'm very scared about uh playing the bills after they essentially rip the jeans off of the commanders in this week just absolutely molly whopped him sam howell's looking just like an athletic baker mayfield at this point i can't even say that because baker mayfield's been hooping this year i i don't even know what to compare sam howell at this point he had a stinky performance um but yeah go into this week the defense has to be prepared i'm so tired of watching missed tackles i'm so tired of of everything right now the giants are just not playing entertaining football which is annoying because they have so much talent to where like they should realistically be one of the more enjoyable teams in the league you have guys like Jalen Hyatt, Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Bobby O'Karakee, Danny Dimes, and you just suck. Like, that is not fun football to watch. Hopefully, the Giants will have Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredesen back. We'll see about Saquon and Aziz. Saquon probably, again, going to miss three to four weeks. Aziz Ojolari, I hope he plays. I'm tired of watching him injured, get injured because he's such a talented player. He might not be able to do much outside of rushing the passer, but boy, he does that really efficiently. But if the Giants don't manage to win this game, it's time to hit the panic button. You're fa- you're failing against the top teams. You're failing against the mediocre teams. You barely beat one of the worst teams in the league. It's time to panic. I, I'm not going to say someone's going to get fired, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some coaching shifts like maybe Dable taking over the play calling. With that being said, that's where I'm going to cut this one short. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, at Giants. Very excited for this week against the Seahawks. Must win game. Hopefully, Mike Kafka has some more creative play calls. But for now, I will see y'all in the next one.
And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.